Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of December the 22nd, 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves and on today's festive podcast, Nacho Monreal talks about adapting to the Christmas schedule. The Evening Standard's James Olley is here to give us his mid-season review. We look forward to the Boxing Day trip to Southampton with Adrian Clark. But let's kick off with a Monday evening edition of the Weekend Review. Second played host to third at the Emirates Stadium as the Gunners welcomed Manchester City for a top-of-the-table clash. The visitors had the best of the opening half-hour and they should have gone ahead when Kevin De Bruyne found himself clean through on goal. City looking for a first Premier League away win in four games, incidentally. De Bruyne is away on the right-hand side here, though. David Silva calling for it. This is De Bruyne! Misses the target and David Silva is screaming at the Belgians saying, why on earth didn't you just play it to me? Because I would have had a simple task of tapping in from inside the six-yard box. That's a let-off for Arsenal. Says he would rue that miss and just a minute later, Theo Walcott spectacularly put the Gunners ahead. Well, I think we, I mean, we, have to, I think, I think we need to put them under pressure. This is Theo Walcott looking to do just that! Oh, what a strike! Theo Walcott with a curling effort that finds the corner and Arsenal from absolutely nothing have the lead. What a sensational effort from Theo Walcott. Well, that's what you should do more of to change the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. We've been, unfortunately, we've been second best. We've been outpassed, outplayed. But Theo, who's hardly been in the game at all, gets one touch, opens his body, a cracking strike. But the Gunners weren't finished yet and they doubled their lead on the stroke of half-time through Olivier Giroud. Will Manchester City create one final chance before half-time whistle blows? Fernandinho's lost possession. This is Mesut Ozil. Now it's with Giroud inside the area! Oh, oh he's in the corner! Olivier Giroud, in added on time at the end of this first half, has made it Arsenal 2, Manchester City nil, And the Gunners now in a fantastic position to put one over on Manuel Pellegrini's side. Great finish, Martin. Uh, it was a great finish. You know, but give the man seat, give the ball away in a poor area. It's that man Ozil again, he just gets the ball, he looks up, he makes a great pass. Straight in front of Giroud, puts it on his on his favoured side, and it's just low and hard across the goal. Joe Hart can't do nothing about it. You know, we go in two up, one touch, back across the goal, great finish. 
That was Giroud's 16th goal of an already prolific season for the Frenchman. Arsenal had chances to kill the game off in the second half, looking really dangerous on the break, but a wonder strike from Yaya Toure got City back into the game. De Bruyne, now it's with Yaya Toure, slips it back here for Sanya, edge of the Arsenal penalty area. Yaya Toure with a shot, that's oh. a delightful goal. That oh. is a terrific goal for Yaya Toure and Manchester City are back in it. Well, it was the biggest fear, say, for all the chances we've had this half. We should have been out of sight. That set up a nervy final seven minutes, but ultimately those goals in the first half were enough to secure the three points for the Gunners. And after the game, Aaron Ramsey reflected on a key win in the title race. It was, uh, you know, a lot riding on that. We needed to win. You know, Leicester have, um, you know, had a bit of a gap uh, before tonight, but we've closed there again. So we're delighted. We wanted to win this game. And uh, I think it sends out a statement of uh, what we're all about this year. We're still, um, you know, a game away from halfway, I think. So, uh, yeah, there's still a lot of football to be played. But uh, we've, we, we've definitely had a good start to the season. Um, and hopefully we can continue this now over the busy Christmas period. Mesut Ozil recorded his 15th Premier League assist in just 16 games and Arsene Wenger was full of praise for his playmaker. You need, at the end of the day, you need one guy who gives the ball to one who scores the goal, you know. And uh, in our team, uh, most of the time, Ozil is this player. Uh, and uh, when you look at uh, the guys you see, make you win. And uh, he is that. He's much more mature. I think uh, is much more keen to take responsibility. I personally believe that he has developed his physical uh, attributes, his physical commitment, and uh, that uh, he is, uh, you see, is a desire to win. Uh, you see that uh, he plays to win the games, you know, and uh, uh, maybe uh, this kind of talent is, uh, that is exceptional. He realises that uh, he can help us in every single game. The win leaves the Gunners just two points behind surprise leaders Leicester City and has opened up a four-point gap back to City in third place. So that's our take on Monday evening's win. Let's hear what James Olley thought next. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. James Olley is the Chief Football Correspondent for the London Evening Standard and joins us on the line now. James, how are you doing, my friend? I believe you've been struck with a little bit of the, the festive lurgy. Yeah, a little bit of man flu, um, but I'm, um, you know, fighting on. Good. Party season and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for braving all of that to join us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And we'll start, obviously, with your thoughts on that vital, vital win against Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, you know... It, it kind of bookends the year in a way because I think that the the January win at the Etihad was very much a, um, a watershed moment for the team, and just in terms of being able to play uh, in a different way in a big game with that kind of maturity and um, uh, and see it see it through really against a you know a team that was you know attacking them at will and they you know, showed that sort of compact resolute composure to, to to deal with it contain and, and hit on the counter attack and, and that was very much really what we saw last night it was it's clear that they'd been watching the videos of, of that game in January and, and it just showed that they you know that wasn't a one-off at the end uh, 11 months ago that they can back it up and, and really if you know you look at the Premier League table now 
Um, I think all Arsenal fans can look at it with a real sense of optimism because they've emerged as, as Leicester's principal challengers. And, you know, OK, if Leicester can continue playing the way they will, then, then, then they could easily go and win it. But you'd have to say on pedigree and on all those sort of past form and history, you know, Arsenal in prime position. They've been the form team in 2015 and taken more points than any other side. I think it's 10 more, more than Manchester City in, in, in 2015 and 12 more than Leicester. They do that next year, they'll win a title. And in terms of that title race, as you've said, James, as we head into the new year, whether or not there are changes in personnel to all of the key teams is going to be very important. But Arsenal, well-placed and just, as you say, on the shoulder of the leaders. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I would still like to see one or two coming in January. <clears throat> I think it's a bit of a... You're still taking a bit of an unnecessary risk when you've got £80 million in the bank. Of course, we all know January is a difficult time to buy, but... I just feel, you know, you could apply this to, to several sides. Man United are just outside the top four, even Tottenham have just got themselves in it. Man City, obviously, uh, what, six points off the pace now. You know, they'll all look at January and say, well, look, if, if we were able to just take a bit of a punt on a player, maybe pay slightly over the odds to get somebody in who will do us a job straight away, then it might be the difference because, you know, in this completely unpredictable title race consistency is always important obviously at the top end but more than ever now you know a team's actually got probably a greater margin for error than they've ever had you know you're looking at a championship race where the winners are likely to be getting lower than 80 points for the first time in Premier League history so that you know that shows you that you don't even have to be as consistent as you might have done even five years ago or three years ago but if Arsenal can get their players back fit and maintain you know, the form of the key players as well, because I think that's significant at the moment. You look at how well Mesut Ozil's playing, Olivier Giroud as well. I mean, those two who've been criticised quite heavily during their Arsenal careers have really come to the fore. And you know, if, they can, if they can continue playing the way they have been, then there's absolutely no reason why they can't win it. So, James, that's how things stand in the Premier League. Obviously, Arsenal marching into the uh, latter stages of Europe, admittedly, with a very, very tough tie to come. But if you were to kind of give them a, a mid-season report card, what would you say across all the various competitions? Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, you look at the Champions League now and you say, well, how can you, how can you be critical, ultimately? Because they, they got the result they needed. Um, okay, they've got obviously a very difficult draw against Barcelona, but you'd, you'd have to say that uh, the game against Manchester City and obviously the, the game against Bayern at home when they, when they beat Guardiola's side two 0 that you know that's the template. That's what they'll have to do. They'll have to sit back, be very compact. They'll have to get very lucky, of course, against Neymar, Messi, and Suarez. But you know they've, they've shown that they can do it in that kind of uh, big game environment. They'll need that over two legs. So you have to say, well, they, you know, they preserve their their qualification record in the Champions League, albeit making an absolute meal of it. Um, you know, they've been they've lost some games they really shouldn't have done in the Premier League, but so has everybody else. The Capital One Cup, uh, you know, was was a big disappointment in terms of the performance. I think it should Wednesday, but obviously not, you know, a priority. So you'd have to say that they're on course. I mean, it, it seems it seems silly to say it because we, you know, especially with with Arsene Wenger being there so long, we all know what a divisive you know, debate that is over whether he should still be there or not. But you know, you find yourself saying, well, actually, the second in the Premier League, they're through to the last sixteen in the Champions League. They're playing very well. They've arguably got you know the form player in the league in Mesut Ozil alongside Jamie Vardy and Riyad Mahrez at, at, at Leicester. You know. If they can build on it in January, as I say, if they could bring at least one in in January just to reinforce it, 
um, you'd have to say that actually it's been a, a pretty positive first first half of the season. Absolutely. So one of our listeners to the Arsenal Weekly podcast at S So Hard says, can you please ask what has been a kind of, kind of a combination, really, Arsenal's performance of the season so far and also who you would choose to be Arsenal's player of the season so far? If you could just finish with those two, that would be great. Well, in terms of the Premier League, I'd have to say... I think the performance was uh, against Manchester United in October was was just phenomenal. I think that that first 25 30 minutes was was some of the best football we've seen from any team this season, not just Arsenal. Um I think it came at a time when, you know, United themselves kind of thought they were, you know, um beginning to to look quite um, potent in the Premier League and, and Arsenal just absolutely blew them away. When you, you think of, uh, I forget off the top of my head, but it's something like one in 12 games they'd, they'd, yeah. they'd won against United. So there was a real mental block there to overcome and they did it in such emphatic circumstances. I mean, in terms of Europe, you'd have to say, although the, the buying game is obviously very important, I thought the way they handled Olympiacos away, they're not a great side, but it's a very difficult place to go. Um and you know they obviously had to win by by the uh, by the two goal margin or, or score three win three two or yeah, four three or whatever, and they did it absolutely brilliantly. Controlled that game, controlled the situation superbly. So I think the United game with the Olympiacos won a close second. I mean, and in terms of the player of the season so far, I think you know I, I thought Per Mertesacker was was excellent against City, and I think he's been key to to Arsenal's uh, defensive record so far this season. And, and Olivia Giroud certainly deserves a mention for, for his current run of form. I think it's 12 goals in his last 14 games in all competitions. But I'm mean, sorry to be predictable, maybe, but I mean, I just think Mesut Ozil's taken his game to a different level this season. You know, you, you think about um, the criticism that, that he's had to endure. And, and there's certainly been some validity to it, I think, when you think about how they, you know, he, he's not always impacted the big games. He has... You know, for a forty-two point four million pound player, let's not forget how much he costs. You know, he is the player who should be making a difference in those matches, and he hasn't always done it. But this season, I just think he's been such a central influence. It's important that he's returned to that number ten role. Arsenal did sort of um, toy with the idea of playing him out wide. You know, certain times last season, the fact he's restored as his number ten. He's running matches from that position. He's got runners going ahead of him, which is a big, big thing for him. He's got, you know, obviously Sanchez on one side, and whether it's Walcott or... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Looks like Chamberlain, whoever it is on the other, he's actually giving him that, you know, those, those, those through balls to make. And I just think he, he as I say, along with uh, Mares and, and Vardy, has, has been the standout player, really. In not just for Arsenal, in the Premier League this season. James, uh, a very impressive effort, particularly given your festive ailment. So uh, thank you very much for ploughing through that and we really hope you uh, recover and can have a nice Christmas with the turkey and trimmings. I'm sure you'll just about get match fit for the 25th. Thanks a lot. Happy Christmas to you and to everybody listening. That's James Ollie joining us from the London Evening Standard. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George, you can hit him. It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! It's a very special history lesson this week because the subject of it is actually on the phone right now. On Boxing Day 1994, our very own match day show pundit Stephen Hughes made his first team debut against Aston Villa at Highbury. Hughesy, I think it's unprecedented. A live chat with our history lesson man. How's it going? Yeah, very well, thanks. Yeah, no, all good. It was... Uh... 1994 makes me feel very old, but I remember it very well, actually. Just tell us a little bit about some of those memories, particularly preparing for it as much as then, obviously, going on to the, uh, the hallowed turf. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really big thing for me, obviously, but I remember um, I was an apprentice at the time, a second-year apprentice, George Graham pulled me, all the other lads were going home to have a week off at home at, at Christmas, and he, uh, he pulled me in and said, you're not going to have a week off. You're going to stay and train with the first team and you're going, to, you're going to make your debut on Boxing Day. And obviously, I was hugely excited, but obviously hugely nervous as well. And uh, fantastic room. I remember I came in to train again. We were in the hotel Christmas night. I was hugely nervous going to bed. Didn't sleep very well, but I remember the debut was a bit of a blur. To be honest, went past quite quickly. Played wide left, done OK in the game. It was quite a dull game. I think it finished nil-nil, but I'll always remember it because, you know, the team I supported as a boy going to make your debut is a, a massive thing. Yeah, very much so. And, and obviously, I'm right in saying that whenever Dennis Bergkamp scored, you tried to be the first one to celebrate with him <laughs> so you could get onto the old television box. Well, anyone that knows me know, know, know I love celebration. And um, obviously, when, when I was playing, Dennis was, Dennis was the main man scoring some ridiculous goals. And fortunately, I, was, I had the best view in the house a lot of the times. So I was only sort of five, ten yards away from him. So I was, I was always first on, on the celebration, but people always ring me up now and go, oh, you're on match of the day? And I'm thinking, well, I'm not on it, but Dennis is scoring, I'm glad <laughs> with him. But, uh, but um, yeah, it was, it was good times, and the debut especially was, it was a big moment for me personally. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Well, Hughesy, thanks for your, your insight and your memories of that day, and obviously have a, a fantastic Christmas. Enjoy the next few days as well. What are you up to? No, 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 just usual Christmas with the family at home. Looking forward to it, eating and drinking too much, probably like everyone else, but... Uh, Wish you Merry Christmas and, and, and all the Arsenal fans out there Merry Christmas as well. Thanks very much indeed, mate. Great to have you on. Hughesy was part of Arsenal's double-winning team of the 1997-98 season. His personal highlight that year, scoring both goals in a 2-0 win against London rivals Chelsea. What a mistake by Labarth. In goes Anelka. Great stop by De Gea. Still Anelka. Still Arsenal. Goal! Stephen Hughes! Bergkamp 
to take the free kick. Arsenal very much the dominant force. Adams! And Stephen Hughes has got another one! Stephen played 77 games for the Gunners, scoring seven goals before moving to Everton in March 2000. He went on to play for Watford and Coventry before retiring in 2009. He's now a regular pundit on the Matchday show and will be appearing next for the visit of Newcastle on January the 2nd. So from one Gunner with a magic left foot to another, it's time to speak to Nacho Monreal. Nacho Monreal's stellar performances for the Gunners over the past 12 months have led him to be dubbed Arsenal's Mr Consistent. He sat down with Arsenal media's Liam Roberts to talk about his love of the festive football schedule. So um, you came from Spain where there's a winter break where you take a couple of weeks yeah. off around Christmas. What was it like that first time you played in England, like three or four games in 10 days at Christmas? Well, uh, when I came it was 1st of February, so the Christmas where it was finished, no? But I remember at the beginning because we, we played uh, too many games in a row. In 10 days we played uh, three, four days, but I remember the, the spirit, the, the atmosphere. It was amazing for me because it was completely different. Yeah. I was really happy playing for Malaga because the, the, the fans were crazy with, with us. But the change, it was, it was really big. And, I have uh, good memories. And so, so last year was kind of probably the first Chris, the actual Christmas period you played yeah. with Arsenal. How challenging is it to kind of a kind of be? Everyone else is obviously off at Christmas and enjoying themselves on holidays, but you've still got a job to do. Yeah, like you say, the last Christmas it was my first Christmas yeah. playing football here, and I remember it was very tough because. Uh, I am not accustomed to play uh, three games in one week. And I remember last season we played on 26, on 28, on first. And we don't have time to recover. Yeah. We, we played too many games in, in three, four days. And it's really complicated. But the best thing is uh, when you go to play and you can see the stadium completely full. You can you can feel like the the, the people are really with the with the people are really happy, you know, because the the Christmas for them is is enjoy the the football watching games. <clears throat> so at the same time you enjoy because you you can feel this this emotion and it was a good memory and we won most of the games so. Because it's a it's a big tradition in England. I don't know um, when you were growing up. Did you see that? Um, watch a lot of English football. So Christmas is all about football. So did you know a bit about it before you moved here? No, I didn't know. Honestly, okay. I <clears throat> I didn't know. I I watched a few games in the Premier, obviously because in Spain the people watch the the English the Premier League. Yeah. But I. I wouldn't imagine the the tradition, yeah, sure. you know, uh, because in Spain in December the the league uh, stop for a couple of weeks. The people goes with their families. It's time to to rest, to enjoy with the family, with your kids. But in England it's completely different. In England is when when more when more uh, we play, you know. So it was completely different, but I like. And now I'm enjoying. So in, I can say, I can say that we don't have time to enjoy the the Christmas because we are thinking in only in football. 
After a slow start to his Arsenal career, Nacho's now one of the first names on the team sheet and one of the best left-backs in the Premier League at the moment. As he mentioned, he's looking forward to the Christmas schedule, which continues with a trip to Southampton on Boxing Day. We'll preview that game with Adrian Clark next. Our very own Adrian Clark will be hosting the Match Day show on Boxing Day for the Gunners' trip to St Mary's. And Clarky joins me on the line now. How's it going, my friends? Hello, Russ. Yeah, all good, my friend. All and good. Uh, obviously, all your Christmas preparations completely sorted, all nicely on track. Uh, depends if. The missus is listening, but yeah, of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> now, on a serious note, Arsenal really have come undone, haven't they, on the South Coast in the last couple of years at, at this time of year? They have, yeah. They've had some really poor performances at St Mary's. Um, got a fortunate draw when they were well below par, and then and then last year it was it was a really miserable effort. Actually, it was it was probably one of the worst performances of the season. So there's a little bit of payback ahead of this game on Boxing Day. I think Arsenal are long overdue um, a much better performance on the South Coast. Now, I was actually there at St Mary's covering their game against Spurs last weekend and it was a strange game, Adrian, because to be fair, Southampton started very well but then a couple of really poor defensive lapses which Tottenham, to be fair, capitalised on well, really undid them. Yeah, they're not in great form, are they? And defensively, even though the likes of Virgil van Dijk have come in for quite a bit of praise this season. And Jose Font is another that I think is a big favourite down there. I, I'm not convinced that is a superb central defensive partnership. We know Ryan Bertrand is a really good left-back. At right-back, the newcomer Cedric is, is excellent going forward. He loves to bomb on. But I think he leaves the odd gap or two as well. So, yeah, a few... Errors have definitely crept into their play this season, which is unusual because last year, when Alderweireld was in the heart of that defence, of course, he's at Tottenham now. They were so, so solid. And I also think, Russ, the loss of the goalkeeper, Fraser Forster, has really hurt them. He was fabulous last season. I just don't think they've been as solid without him. And also, obviously, the second choice to Kellenberg has been out for a while and gazaniga has been in, so they've been down third choice for a while as well, which has hurt mm. them even more there. No, I completely agree. So that's kind of the downside to Saints at the moment, Adrian, but there are still some strengths, clearly, in this team, aren't there? Well, yeah. I mean, they've got quality. They play excellent football. All Arsenal need to do is, is look at the performance or the DVD of their performance at Stamford Bridge. They were magnificent that day. That, they set the benchmark in that match, completely outplayed Chelsea uh, with some excellent football with and without the ball. So that they've got qualities. Graziano Pella, I'm a big fan of his. I think he's, he's a top-class centre-forward. He's having a lean spell at the moment, but he, he's got ability. And then on the flanks, you've got Mane and Tadic, both match winners. So there are dangers all over the pitch. Victor Wanyama, we know that Arsenal Bank is a fan of him. So, so yeah, that they are they're not a shoddy side, Southampton. Got plenty of class. And is it that pace and movement up front that they'll try and exploit Arsenal with? I think so, yes, for sure. Sadio Mane is is, in my view, the danger man. I think I think they will try and hurt us in that regard. In terms of us being worried about Southampton I'm more concerned about corners. And I know I often mention this on the <laughs> podcast. I really do. But Southampton are actually one of the best teams in the Premier League at scoring from corners. They've got Ward Prowse. And he, I think, actually, he could be the best corner taker in the league. This is them across the box like they're shot. 
So that, that worries me a, a touch ahead of kickoff. And in terms, Adrian, of a key battle area or a head-to-head, -head, what would you say? I think I'm looking forward to seeing how Nacho Monreal handles Sadio Mane. I, I think he's a, he's a top player. Monreal did, did a fine job, I thought, against a really informed Kevin De Bruyne against Manchester City. He had his hands full all evening. It was a real test for him. But Mane will, will, will give him another one and Tadic if he comes on the other side. So Mane... V Monreal, the winner of that battle, I think will probably end up on the winning side. And to finish, traditional question in a sentence, Clarky, how do you beat Southampton? We beat Southampton by refusing to give them a lift. Their confidence is on the floor at the moment. We have to not give them any encouragement. Get that first goal, I think we'll go on and win the game. Clarky, I wish you and yours a very, very Merry Christmas and thanks for some great contributions. Yeah, thanks to you too. Have a good one. To tune into the Matchday Show, log on to arsenal.com and the Arsenal mobile app for all the build-up from 7.15pm UK time and then uninterrupted audio commentary of that big game. That's full time on this week's festive show. Thanks to Nacho Monreal, James Ollie, and to Adrian Clark for stopping by today. Remember, you can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. Remember, if you haven't already hit the subscribe button on iTunes, do so and you'll never miss another episode. We'll be back on Tuesday, the 29th of December for the final podcast of the year 2015. And until then, have a very Merry Christmas. And of course, come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.